Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Come on, are you doing good this morning? (laughs) I want to welcome all of you and those of you that are watching online. And I want to take just a moment before we get into the Word, just 30 seconds or so. And I want to honor uh, some people today. And uh, for many of you, you know, and for some of you, you don't, but... Uh, when we show up here in this room on Sunday mornings, uh, there are teams of people that gather here at 6.30 in the morning to set everything up that you see. And so we have, uh, I don't know how many people it is now, but we have a couple of different teams that do that. If you're on a setup team, come on, will you just stand up where you are? A lot of them are standing up in the back. <laughs> and right over here, Yeah. A lot of them come back at the 11 o'clock service. They sit up and then they uh, take off and come back later on. But, hey, we, we, just, we can't say thank you enough. And uh, I would encourage you, if, if you want to be a part of that, I would encourage you to be a part of that and help us finish strong in that area. We only have a couple of months, uh, two, two and a half months left in that season. And so we're excited about that. Uh, but at the same time, we want to finish strong. How many of you believe that the way that you finish one season is the way that you enter another? And so we want to finish strong. We don't want to give in now. We want to just continue to press on with all that God has for us. And so I would encourage you, jump on that team and uh, we can get you on the rotation every other week and you can help us out. That would be greatly appreciated so we can finish strong in that way. So Over the last few weeks, we've been in a series that we're calling Spiritual Muscle. And uh, we're going to talk about this again today, and then we're going to wrap this up next Sunday uh, with the fourth thing that we're going to be talking about. But I want to begin again today. We're reading these verses every week as we go through this series. But I want to start in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32. And this is what the writer says. He says, how much more do I need to say, right? He's, He's already gone through this list of all of these Old Testament, uh, what we would call Old Testament heroes, if you will, and all of these great things that have happened, and, and, and it's all because of their faith. And he says, what more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning, some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. And we've said this every single week, a couple of different things, that as you read through Hebrews 11, a lot of times we've read through the first part of it, but I, I, I like the end of it because it tells us that all of these people, they, they, they were known, there was a good reputation, they earned a good reputation because of what? Their faith. In other words, success for those who saw the miracles or those who were tortured was to keep the faith. No matter what, what side, if you want to say, they were on, 
their success was because they kept the faith. The reason their stories are here is because of the faith that they had in the midst of anything that came their way. And so it brings us back to our question that we're asking and that we're answering, trying to answer in this series is how do we keep our faith in the midst of good and difficulty? Because we know it's easy to keep faith. It's easy to to be strong in your faith whenever things are good. But we have to learn how in the midst of any trial and any circumstance that any difficulty that we can still stand in our faith, that we can stand strong and stand firm in our faith. We have to learn how to do this because life is not always going to be easy. And some of us, we said it, that some of us in 2020, we kind of figured out where we, where we stood in our relationship with God and how much faith and how strong our faith was in different areas and and we've been talking about resistance and how resistance, it either crushes you or it strengthens you based on how you respond to it. And there's going to be some resistance in your life. The enemy is going to fight back. There are going to be things that are going to happen. You're going to face things. And how you respond will determine whether or not that crushes you or it actually has the potential and the power to strengthen you. So we need to, to learn this in our lives. Two weeks ago, we talked about the spiritual muscle of endurance Last week we talked about confidence and today I want to talk to you about the spiritual muscle of discipline and I've titled this message, Desiring Discipline. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them you need to desire discipline. You need to desire discipline. We're going to talk for just a few moments about desiring discipline. So what does it look like to exercise this spiritual muscle of discipline. I have two things for you again today and, and uh, several things underneath these to kind of as we go along, but I want you to take the journey with me and understand why it's so important that we actually desire discipline. <laughs> Has anybody ever desired discipline? <laughs> it's kind of a crazy title, like desired discipline, right? I don't know. <laughs> like growing up, I never desired to be disciplined. But here's point number one today is that we have to receive discipline receive discipline. Many of us can think back to times when we were growing up and we didn't receive discipline well, right? What does it look like to not receive discipline well? Well, uh, one thing could be you just ran away, (laughs) right? Could be that you lied or that you blamed somebody else or that you made excuses or that you tried to justify something. But here's what the Bible says in the writer of Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 24, and you probably heard this before, but it says this, that those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. And I want to read this from the Amplified Bible and how it, translate it translates it because I like the way that it words it. It says, he who withholds the rod of discipline hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines and trains him diligently and appropriately with wisdom and love. In our culture, it kind of seems backward, doesn't it? That those who we would, we would think, right? And we have a tendency, if you're a parent, you have a tendency to, to try to lean this way sometimes. I know I, I do. Is that if I love them, then I'll just give them whatever they want and we'll just let everything go and we'll just, you know, we, 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 won't, we won't do anything in these scenarios. But the Bible actually teaches us that the person who spares the rod of discipline, right? And we could go into what exactly that's talking about. You know, because some of us, you know, some of us spank and some of us don't spank and we're not going to go there because that could get heated in a hurry, right? But, <laughs> but it says that those who, those who spare the rod of discipline, they actually hate their children. 
they're not training their children. They're not teaching their children. They're not really, in essence, they're not loving their children. And it's interesting how the Bible says that someone who loves their child actually disciplines and trains them. Part of loving well is discipline and training. And we discipline and train our kids to bring about obedience and wisdom. And I was thinking about this. And, and as I was studying on this and I was thinking this question in my mind, I wonder how many of us as children of God don't, don't receive discipline well. If you, were to, if you were to take inventory of your life and think back over your experience of walking with Jesus and being a Christian and all of these things, I wonder how many of us don't take discipline, we don't receive discipline all that well as a child of God, right? We run, we justify, we blame, we get frustrated. I don't deserve this. I, I shouldn't be going through this. This shouldn't be happening to me. Why is, why is this so difficult? Why do I feel like this is happening in my life? And I want to look at just for just a moment at Jesus in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Speaking of Jesus, this is what it says, that even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience, right? And I think this is like a, a step at a time. Like he learned, okay, this now this is something that I'm facing and so I'm learning in this moment from my heavenly father how to be obedient in this moment. Now I'm over here and I'm learning as something I'm going through that I may not like. It's, there's some suffering that comes with some of this, but I'm learning how to be obedient. Even Jesus as God's son learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And one theologian, I found this interesting, he says this, he says that God ordained suffering in the life of Jesus to bring him to the fullest expression of obedience. That God ordained suffering in the life of Jesus when he was on the earth to bring him to the full expression of obedience, right? In other words, we could say it this way, that it was almost to bring, you think like we're never gonna be perfect but God uses this to bring us into greater obedience and greater wisdom and greater understanding as we walk through our lives. And even Jesus, he was learning obedience through things that he suffered and that God ordained suffering in the life of Jesus to bring him to the fullest expression of obedience. And can I submit this thought to you today that what if God is always disciplining what if there is continual, you ever, you ever thought, you ever felt like with, with your kids that you were constantly disciplining, like there was never really a season where you were, where you were disciplining? And, and I want to try to come at this from a couple of different angles because I read something over the last couple of weeks that I found interesting studying this, that sometimes I think we're disciplined to bring us to repentance, that sometimes it's because we're doing things that aren't good for us. Sometimes it's to bring us to greater obedience and sometimes it's pruning so that we can produce even more fruit. That really in every season, in everything, you feel like things are good, there's still something going on, right? The Bible says that, that he cuts off every branch that's not producing fruit and he cuts back the ones that are, why? Not to hurt you, but so that you can produce even more because God has even more for you to do and that he wants to accomplish through you and that he wants to do in your life. And so God is always doing something it's just how are we receiving it 
How are we receiving it? Is it something that we're trying to run away from or justify our actions or we're blaming or we're getting frustrated because we feel like we're trying to do the right thing and we're trying to walk with Jesus and it feels like it's hard sometimes and we're trying to, you know, just make it through and man, I just wish this would be easy and the path wouldn't have so many rocks on it. Come on, somebody. But what if God is always doing something in your life? Whether it's trying to bring you to repentance or some, some path that you're on that you don't need to be on and he knows that it's not good for you or maybe it's pruning in your life and you've been producing fruit but God's cutting things back so that you can produce even more fruit. What if he's always doing something and I read this, John Piper, he said this, he said, God's discipline may be on us not simply to discipline us for evil but to stretch and broaden us in righteousness. What if we've always looked at discipline as if we've been doing something wrong? And well, if I'm being disciplined, it must be because I've been doing something wrong. No, could it be that I'm being disciplined because I am loved? And that that God is trying to bring greater obedience and greater wisdom and greater understanding and so that he can do so much more through us when he gets us to this place and then to this place and to this place. But in in that process, God has to correct some things and God has to change some things and God has to remove some things and God has to discipline in some areas. What if it's not simply to discipline us from evil but to stretch and broaden us in righteousness and here are a couple of things that are so important for us to understand is that God's discipline proves you're his child and God's discipline discipline proves his love now let me ask you a question for all the parents in the room have you ever gone around disciplining everybody else's kids (laughs) have you ever gone around disciplining somebody else right you're in the grocery store and you just walk up somebody and like listen I'm just going to discipline your kid for just a moment, right? No. Why? Because they're not your kid. (laughs) They're not your kid. Have you ever, I was thinking about this because this happens sometimes in our house. You ever ever discipline your kid and and, and the response was, well, it, it was almost like, well, I don't feel like you love me because you're doing that, right? But we know that the reason we're doing that is because we love them. And sometimes there's this process we have to go through where we don't really understand it all just yet, but it actually proves that I love you, that I'm doing this. It actually proves that you are my son or you are my daughter because I am doing this in your life. And sometimes we think, God, if you really loved me, you would just fix all of this and make it easy and just get me from here to there but God is more interested in the journey and on that journey sometimes there is discipline there is pruning there are things that God has to work out in our lives and so I want to show you in the Bible what what, that what I'm telling you is the truth that God's discipline proves you're his child and that his discipline proves his love Proverbs 3 11 and 12 says my child don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you how you doing with that For the Lord corrects, look at this, the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. And then we see these verses, they're quoted in the New Testament in Hebrews 12, and so I want to read this to you. It says, starting in verse 5, and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? Encouraging? Have you forgotten the encouraging words that God has spoken to you. Well, what are the encouraging words? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. 
For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits who, and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years doing the best they knew how, but look at this, God's discipline is always good for us. Somebody say, always good. God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. Can I get an amen there? It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Can I submit something to you in verse 10? It says that God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. Here's what I would submit to you today that you would ask yourself. Do you want to be holy? Because I would venture to say that many of us, we like the idea, but we really don't want to go through the process to get there. We really don't want God to do what God needs to do in our lives so that we can share in his holiness. We just want it to be easy. And if you're going to keep your faith, if you're going to stand firm in your faith no matter what, when it's good and when it's hard, you have to receive, right? It's, he's preparing you. He's taking you somewhere. We have to learn how to receive the Lord's discipline because it is always good. And he wants us to share in his holiness. I read this and I want to read it to you. It says, parents who don't discipline their children are parents who don't care. Whew, that could offend you. Just as wise and consistent discipline is an expression of a parent's love, discipline as, is an expression of God's love for us. God disciplines his children through the conviction of sin by the Holy Spirit, the correction and rebuke of his word, the accountability of the church, and sometimes external events. We can accept the Lord's discipline, listen, as obedient children, grateful for a heavenly father who cares for us. Or we can resent it like rebellious teenagers convinced that we don't deserve or need his advice. How might God be trying to discipline you even now and what is your response? How are you receiving? How are you responding when the Holy Spirit speaks something to you or, or you know like there's this conviction of the Holy Spirit or there's you know, this external event or a consequence to an action that, that you got yourself into this situation and, and the Lord is trying to work this out in you. It's so important for us to learn to receive the Lord's discipline in our lives, right? God's discipline, it proves you're his child. It proves his love. And it may not be simply to discipline us for evil, but to stretch and broaden us in righteousness. So point number one, we need to receive discipline. Here's point number two. We need to live disciplined. Live disciplined. It's important that we receive discipline and that we live disciplined. And I want to read you a few, uh, a few verses in a couple of different places. But Galatians 5, many of us know this as the fruit of the Spirit. But starting in verse 19, I want to go back just a little bit. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, 
dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, listen, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. In other words, according to verse 24, when when you became a Christian, when I became a Christian, we died to our sinful nature and left that life at the cross. And I wonder how many of us, how many people in the entire world call themselves a Christian but have failed to nail their sinful desires and passions and leave them at the cross. And our lifestyle is inconsistent. And people look at our lives and they think, well, I don't even know. If that's what being a Christian is, then I guess I'm on the right track. If that's what it looks like to live for Jesus, then I'm not doing so bad myself. And many of us, we don't even stand out. Well, I don't want to stand out. You're called to stand out. You are called to stand out. You're called to stand out. Could it be that many of us are enduring, listen, many of us are enduring suffering Many of us haven't faced a whole lot of trial. Could it be because we're not actually following Jesus? We're not actually living disciplined? We're not receiving discipline and we're not living disciplined and you're like, well, I can't really even relate to some of what you're saying. Could it be that you're not as, as, as close of a follower of Jesus as you thought you were? We have to live disciplined. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, look at this. Don't you realize that in a race everyone, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I preached a message probably a year ago, two years ago, somewhere in there about training day. Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete. I train it to do what it should. Some of us are just waiting for our body to just do what it should. (laughs) Well, one of these days, maybe it's just going to do what it should. One of these days, it's just going to open the Bible on its own. One of these days it's just going to pray on its own. One of these days it's just going to do what it should. And Paul says, I, have to, I train my body. I train myself to do what I know I should do. I want to bring the worship team back up this morning. When I read these verses, verses, I see that living discipline, listen, don't miss this. Living discipline, it requires intentionality and it requires purpose. Because we can look at this and we say, well, Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. It requires intentionality and it requires purpose. If you're not intentional 
to do the training and form new habits, you will fall away from living discipline. Because you never did the work. You never, you never renewed your mind. You never, you never t- took this thing that, that was a stronghold in your life and replaced it with something on this side. You didn't replace it with the word. You didn't form new habits. You didn't go through the training process. And so there comes a point to where you're just trying to do it in your own strength, and your own power. And if I just do more and do better, and I know I need to stop doing that, right? And Paul even talks about that too. Why do I do what I know I shouldn't do, and I don't do what I know I should do? He says, what is the answer? Jesus. Jesus is the answer. That's my sinful nature, and I've got I've to train myself. I've got to form new habits. I've got to make it. A, I've got to be intentional. It's not just going to happen on its own. We have to be intentional, and it also requires purpose. If you're going to live disciplined, it requires purpose. If you don't run with purpose, Paul said, Listen, I run, he said, run to win. We're running for an eternal prize, and I run with purpose. Every single step, I'm running with purpose. There is a purpose behind why I'm taking this step, why I'm running in this direction, why God has me going here. And if you don't run with purpose, then you may give up on living discipline because you don't know what the purpose is. You ever ever done something and not understood the purpose? I would bet, I would submit to you that that probably didn't last very long. Because you were just going through the motions and you were just doing it and you were like, I don't even know why I'm doing this and I don't really have a purpose behind this. I'm just doing it. This is why, this is why so many New Year's resolutions don't work out. It's because we just jump on this thing real quick, but we're not willing to do the work. We're not willing to train and form new habits and, 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 and do the things that we need to do to actually get to where God wants us to be, living discipline, receiving discipline and living discipline. So how are we going to live discipline? What does this look like? I think it's discipline to read God's word. Discipline to live with integrity. Discipline to spend time in prayer. Discipline to do and say everything in love. Discipline to follow the Holy Spirit. Discipline to capture our thoughts. Discipline to leave our sinful nature nailed to the cross. Discipline to surrender every part of our lives to Jesus. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, Gabe, there is no way in the world. How can I do that? It's impossible. How can I live this way? How can I actually can, you know, capture every thought and form all these new habits and do all of these things that you're talking about doing? And you're thinking, this doesn't even seem doable. Okay, receive discipline, but how can I actually live this out? How do I actually live this way? And I think if you're thinking that it seems impossible, if you try to live a disciplined life in your own strength, you won't be able to sustain it. But, oh, it's God's grace that empowers us to live a disciplined life. You've got to learn to lean into the grace of of God. See, here's what the enemy will do. When you, when you mess up and, and you're, you're doing the work and you're training, is, you know, he's like, I'm training myself to do these things and I'm forming new habits and I'm following after Jesus and, and I'm tuning my ear into the Holy Spirit and is that you, God, and is this what you're calling me to do and what you're asking me to do and how can I be obedient and then you slip or you miss it or you, you fall over here or whatever. It's God's grace. Listen, the enemy will try to convince you 
it wasn't real, that it, like it's not going to work, you can't do it. And guess what? He's right. You can't do it on your own. But with God's grace, if you lean into God's grace and say, whew, I know I shouldn't have done that and I slipped up there, but I'm going to jump back on. And God, I know you're taking me somewhere and I'm going to receive discipline. I'm going to live discipline. I'm going to receive discipline. I'm going to live discipline. Why? Because I know that you love me. Because I know that, that you're my heavenly father. It proves that I'm your child and you love me enough not to leave me right where I'm at. But you're taking me somewhere and you want me to share in your holiness. And so I'm going to receive it and I'm going to live it. I'm going to receive it and I'm going to live it. And the only way you can do it is with God's grace. Not in your own power. Listen, if you walk out the door today and think, i got to live discipline, live discipline, live discipline, live discipline, and you're just going to do it in your own strength. You just work harder, and you're just going to cut that off, and I'm going to turn off the TV, and I'm going to da and you just go through this list of everything you're going to do. Listen, if you don't lean into God's grace, if you don't lean into your relationship with Jesus and dive in there, you won't sustain that. You, in three weeks, you'll be right back where you were. Because you can't do it. You can't do it. It's not about you. It's about God said, I'm going to send Jesus. And when Jesus left and he, he, he provided forgiveness and he took our place and he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us as believers to empower us to live this way and his grace to, to come alongside and to empower us to live this way. You've got to lean into God. You've got to lean into the Holy Spirit. It's the only way that you can do this. You can't just go out and make a to-do list and think, I'm going to do this and do this and do this, and my life is going to be great. No, you've got to, there is a part for you to do, but first, you've got to lean into God. You've got to get in His Word, spend time in prayer. Holy Spirit, what does the obedience look like in my life to you? What are you asking me to do? What do I need to give up? What do I need to, to insert? What do I need to switch over? What do I need to do in all of these areas? And He'll show you, and He'll empower you. To do it and to live it out. Will you stand to your feet today? And so as Christians and as Jesus followers, as children of God, what are we going to do? We're not going to despise discipline. We're going to desire discipline. We're going to desire God's discipline in our lives because he's correcting and he's guiding and he's leading why because he loves us because he cares about us right if he if he wasn't doing that it would show like well does god even really care yes he cares so much that he's not willing to leave you on the same path that you're going down or in the same lifestyle that you've been living or anything like that he wants to take you and so that you can share in his holiness and so that he can purify your heart and he can sanctify you right salvation you get saved but then there's a sanctification process that you go through We, we've got to receive discipline and then live through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, today, I lean into you. Before my feet hit the floor, I lean into you and help me to live this way today. Empower me to live this way today. Empower me to follow after you in every single way. We're going to receive God's discipline and we're going to choose daily to live discipline. And it's because his discipline proves that we're his children. His discipline proves his love for us. And God's grace empowers us to live disciplined lives so that we can, so that others can see Jesus through us. Through us. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray for you. Just want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Just right there where you are, just say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? 
what is it that you would have me to do? Lord, we just ask you to search our hearts today. Search our hearts in this moment. Show us how we receive discipline or the pruning that you want to bring into our lives or the correction in maybe some areas that we need to be corrected or some paths that we're on that you know are not good for us and that you're trying to steer us onto the right path. God, how are we receiving that? Lord, just speak to us right now. Speak to our hearts right now. Help us to lean into you, to live it out, to live it out, to be in your word, to be in prayer, to to live with integrity, to show others the love of Christ through our lives, to preach the gospel even with our actions. By the way that we live, Lord, today we just open our hearts to you. We open our hearts to you to receive and to live it, to receive and to live it, to receive correction, to receive your grace, to live out this in our lives. Lord, today I pray, if you're on the prayer team, you wanna go ahead and come down this morning. I pray that as we sing this last song, God, that you would continue to speak to our hearts as we worship you, that you would continue to speak to our hearts. And Lord, if there's anyone here today who needs prayer for anything, Lord, that they would step out for prayer. Holy Spirit, draw every person today who needs prayer. Speak to our hearts during this song in Jesus' name, amen.